If you have your Bible this morning, we're turning to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, away at the start of your Bible, it's not too hard to find, just after the book of Deuteronomy, and you'll come to Joshua, and Joshua chapter 1, please. Joshua chapter 1. Now, I know you're tired this morning after Christmas, you've had your dinners and you've had your family around, but I want you to just listen to the Word of God this morning because I know that the Lord has got something to say to our hearts today. And I know the Lord has you here for a reason. And I know the Lord has given this word for a purpose for all of our lives. And whenever you find Joshua chapter 1, what we're going to do is we're just going to bow and ask the Lord for his help. And you ask the Lord to speak to your heart this morning. Just on this first Sunday of another year, with all that has happened even over the last number of days, just to refresh your minds and ask the Lord to minister and speak to our heart. Father, we bow before thee again this morning, and we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you for this tremendous privilege and opportunity of just gathering round the scriptures again this morning. And we pray, Lord, that you will come and minister to our hearts. We pray that you will break to our hearts that fresh manna from heaven. We pray that the Holy Spirit will come into our gathering. We pray that the gracious Holy Spirit will move and work in every one of our lives. As we stand on the threshold of another year, we pray this morning, O oh God, that you will come, that you will instruct, that you will guide, that you will speak. And so we just pray that you will just hedge this meeting over this morning. We pray against every influence of the enemy. We pray for that deep awareness of your presence. We pray that you will give us ears to hear what you would have to say. And Lord, I ask for your help this morning. I pray that you will fill me afresh with thy blessed Holy Spirit. I pray for that fresh oil from heaven, that your word will go forth with weight, with power, and authority. We ask it in the Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. On the 2nd of December, 1860, there was a young boy who was born by the name of Charles in Northamptonshire, England. He was brought into a very educated family. Whenever he was going to be educated, he was sent along to Eton and then to Cambridge. At 17, he was saved. He was born again. There was a visiting speaker came to the home of his parents, and there he was led to Christ. For six years after that experience of being born again, Charles went into a backslidden state. He had no desire for the Word of God. He had no desire for prayer. He had no desire for service. After six years standing at the bedside of his brother George, who became seriously ill, he began to get his perspectives in, in view again. As he looked at the failing frame of his brother passing out from the land of the living into eternity, young Charles began to think about the world that was to come. Shortly after that experience, he went to one of the crusades that D.L. Moody was holding in his area. 
He challenged young Charles to consecrate his life afresh to God. At 25 years of age, he did that. He came afresh and put his life on the altar for the Lord. He, he came again and rededicated himself afresh to God. He gave away 29,000 pounds, and that is today, four and a half million pounds in our currency today. He was the young man that went through India, China, and Africa. He was C.T. Stud. He said, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, there is no sacrifice too great that I can make for him. After this young man dedicated his life to the Lord and consecrated himself afresh, he took his pen and he wrote a poem. He wrote many poems, and I encourage you to get them and to read them. But there's a poem that he penned after that moment of consecration that I've been thinking about in recent days as we stand on the threshold of another year. And I want you just to listen to the words of a 25-year-old boy that went through with God. Two little lines I heard one day Travelling along life's busy way Bringing conviction to my heart And from my mind would not depart Only one life will soon be passed Only what's done for Christ will last Only one life, yes, only one Soon will its fleeting hours be done then in that day my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life the still small voice gently pleads for a better choice, bidding my selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one, now let me say thy will be done. And when at that last I hear the call, and I know I'll say twas worth it all, only one life twill soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. I tell you, my dear men and women, this morning as we stand on the first day of another year, and I would be secure in saying this morning, this may be the last January the 1st for some people here today. We're going to read this morning about a new beginning. And I know of no better morning than this morning to dedicate ourselves afresh to God, to get our eyes and our minds onto a new beginning as we leave 2022 and we step over now into 2023 when we recall the past year with all of the decisions that we made, think of the mistakes that we made, when we think of the places where we've been, when we evaluate and recall our love and our devotion and our attitude and our commitment to God, 
When we think of the 365 days, 8,760 hours that have gone into eternity that none of us can ever reclaim again. And while we will never reclaim them, the solemn thought for me is this, they're all recorded in heaven. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I'm sure like me this morning, as you and I look back over the past 12 years or 12 months and we, we think of the year that has gone, I'm sure we would all have to use the words of the hymn writer when we say, when I look on his face, I wish I had given him more. And those moments and those days and those opportunities and those months that have gone, we can never reclaim them again. They're gone into eternity. They're gone. We can never reclaim them. And as I say this morning, as we stand on the 1st of January, as we stand on the first day of a new year, I think there's no better day than to rededicate our lives afresh to God. When we think of the life that we have is soon passing us by, and some of us here this morning, we remember our teenage years. We've went into our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, our 60s, and maybe even into our 70s. And life has passed us by. It was Alexander White, the great expositor in Scotland. He said the Christian life ought to be marked by a series of new beginnings. We need to start afresh with God again and again and again. Whenever you and I got saved, we got the new birth. We got a new song in our mouth. We got a new nature and a new desire to walk with God and to be intimate with Him, to grow with Him, to get to know Him. And all things pass away and all things become new. A little study that I have been occupied with in the last few days as we came into a new year was things that happened in the Bible on the first day of the new year. It was in Genesis chapter 8 whenever the ark that Noah was enrested on Mount Ararat, it was there in the first day of the first month of the year. It says that Noah removed the covering from the ark. He came to the window three times and he let the little dove out and the first time it came back, it, it couldn't find anywhere to rest its feet. The second time Noah let the, the little dove out of the ark, it, it went away and it came back with an olive branch in its mouth. The third time whenever Noah opened the window and led the dove out, it never came back. And then Noah, what he did was he, he took the covering from off the ark. You know what he needed? He needed a fresh vision. And as you and I stand on the 1st of January 2023, we need to have a fresh vision. We need to have a fresh vision of a dying world. We need to get a fresh vision of a risen, exalted, glorified Savior. We need to get a vision, my, of the area of ministry that God has put you and I into because I remind you this morning, as I have reminded my own heart, that the first thing that will happen when the Lord Jesus comes back is that every single one of us will stand before the Bema Seat of Christ. And the 1st of January 2023, as in all of the days and months that have passed in our life, will all be evaluated through the eyes of an almighty God. It's a very solemn thought. It was on the first day of the first month of the new year whenever the Ark of the Covenant rested inside the tabernacle. 
Whenever the wilderness journey was taking place and there the children of Israel, they erected the tabernacle with the altar and the laver and on and on you could go, the lovely instruments of that tremendous building. But the tabernacle was for worship. And I tell you, my dear people, this morning as we stand at the start of another year, it will be a lovely thing for every one of us to say, O Lord, on this first day, give me a new vision. Lord, on this first day of another year, give me a new desire to worship you like never before. That we would raise the tabernacle in our lives. That we would go into the Holy of Holies there. We would just bask in the presence of God. And I was reading last night, just as we left another year, I was reading in the book of Exodus, whenever the Lord told to, said to Moses, he said, whenever you build the tabernacle, whenever you bring the Ark of the Covenant in, there with the mercy seat, where the blood was sprinkled, he said, there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee. That you and I would rededicate our lives to God and say, Lord, I want to worship you in this year like never before. Lord, I want to get to know you. I want to bask in your presence. I want to know your desires and your ambitions. I want to be a man and woman in this year that gets to know God. It was in the first day of the year, whenever Ezra came up out of Babylon with the captivity of Israel, when he left the world and Babylon behind and he came back to his native land again, it was a day of restoration. And there's some of you here this morning and you can look back to a time in your life when you used to go on with God, when there used to be an intimacy between you and him. But that is all gone on the first day of another year. You know what a lovely prayer would be to pray. Lord, restore unto me the years that the locusts have eaten. And on and on you could go. I haven't got time to go through it this morning. Things that happened on the first day of the new year. It was the first month of the year whenever the Passover happened. Whenever the children of Israel came out of Egypt, out of their bondage, it was the first month of the year. It was the first month of the year whenever Daniel, the man of God, he broke through in prayer. Daniel chapter 10, on the first day of the month, he set his heart to seek the Lord and he broke through in prayer. And the desire of my heart would be, not only over every individual here, but over this assembly, that on the first month of this year, that you and I would break through with God, to go right through into a new place with him. There was one other thing that happened in the first month of the year. And I want to talk to you this morning about it. It was a momentous moment in the history of Israel. They had wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. There was death, there was defeat, there was discouragement, there was barrenness, there was murmuring. And after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, in Deuteronomy chapter 2, God said to the children of Israel, Turn ye northward, for ye have come past this mountain long enough. And they started to walk towards the promised land. They started to come up out of the wilderness. They were going to possess their possessions. And as they went, everything seemed to be going so well. Isn't that the case in life? Isn't it so true that while you and I at times we, we seek to push through with God and everything seems to be going so well, then there's something happens. Maybe something in the family, maybe something in your health. There's something that happened in the life of the children of Israel was this, that Moses died. The man that led them, the man that loved them, the man that prayed for them, it says that God buried him. 
Now these children of Israel, over a million and a half of them, their beloved Moses, their beloved friend, their captain, their guide, their mentor, he died on the top of Mount Nebo. And sometime you go through the life of Moses and you'll discover what God said about him. Cast right to Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 10. It says, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Moses was a man that was in touch with God. He was a man, I can tell you, that had fellowship and communion with God every day. He was a man that walked with God. He was a man that knew God. He was a man that knew his voice. He was a man that had the touch of God upon his life. And the children of Israel were so dependent upon Moses. And as they make their way up out of the wilderness and they're heading towards the promised land, my, God just throws a spanner into the works and Moses dies. And God buried him. And the children of Israel, they mourned for 30 days. And I was thinking even recently of godly men and women, even in this assembly that are gone, and we miss them. Men and women that took their stand for God. I think of Clarence Wallace, we miss him. Men that prayed, people that praised, people that we sat in their company, and there's individuals and they're no longer here, and we miss their company. And the children of Israel had that very experience with Moses. He loved them, he led them, he prayed for them, and I say again, God buried him. It's not the way that you and I would plan it. And there's things that has happened in the past year, and we all have to ask ourselves the question, Lord, why did you permit that? Why did you allow that when everything seemed to be going so well? Why did that happen in my life? God is a perfect plan. You know, there's a lovely application to that, that there's things in all of our lives that need to die. There's things in all of our lives at this first day of another year that need to die for us to go through with God. Maybe it's desires, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's ambitions, maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's an association with a society. Those things need to die for us to go on with God. Saul had to die before David could get on the throne. King Uzziah had to die before Isaiah saw the Lord. The Lord Jesus had to die before sinners could be saved. Elimelech had to die before Naomi came up out of Moab and came back to her native land. Tere had to die before Abraham could go on with God. And I ask you, dear people, this morning, what would need to die in your life? What is the one thing in your life that would hinder you from going on with God? We need to put it to death. We need to put it to put it to the grave, as it were. And here Moses, the man of God, was dead. Now I want you to cast your eye to Joshua 1 and verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. This is the first time that you read in the Bible of God speaking to Joshua. You see, Joshua was that young man that God had been training for many, many years. You know, the experiences of our past days and months and years, they're not lost experiences. Whenever the trials and the afflictions come into our life and the, the battle is on, those experiences that you and I have had, God uses those experiences that you and I may minister into the lives of other people. 
And God maybe has brought you through a path in your life that gives you the right to minister to people that I don't have. And Joshua was that young man that God had been educating for year after year. But Joshua was the young man that God could use. And I say again, it's a lovely ambition to have in our life to be available for for God to use to say, Lord, I want you to teach me. I want you to train me. I want you to show me what you want me to do. You remember Joshua was a slave in Egypt. And there as a slave, he learned to work. Now not only was he a slave, he was a soldier. And he learned to fight. He, He was the servant that learned to obey But he was a saint that learned to listen. And my dear people, I want to encourage you this year, take time to listen to God. Set aside a time every day where you turn your phone off, where you get away from your family, where you get away from your children. And I know that is not an easy thing to do, but I want to encourage you to set aside a time every day where you listen to God. Where you get direction from him, where you get to know his voice, where you get to know his will for your life. And Joshua was a young man that God could trust him. God could teach him. And God could talk to him. And my desire for you this morning, as it is for me, that those three things will be a characteristic of all of our lives, that we would be teachable. Lord, teach me the deep things of God. Lord, will you trust me with some area of ministry? My dear people, don't waste your life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. God's not going to give you a reward for the amount of time you've put into your home. God's not going to reward you on how much uh, money you've saved up in the bank. God's not going to reward you in the beam of day. He's not going to reward you with how, how, how many times you've went for a walk or how, how nice you've been to your fellow friends. No, he's not going to reward you for anything of that. He's going to reward you for things that you have done for him and him alone. And I say again, only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. This could be the last January that you and I ever see. To think that this could be the last year for maybe 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 people here today. This could be the last January the 1st that you'll ever see. And you maybe say, Stephen, I'm in good health. Stephen, I've never felt better than I have today. My dear people, you think of the tragedies that have happened over the last number of days. Life at best is very brief. And many of us, if we're honest, we have wasted our life and we've wasted our time and we've squandered our money and we've, we've, we've left our gift neglected and we have never used it for God. And we might have a lovely home, we might have a big business, but all of that is going to burn away into insignificance. And again, I say to you, one of the greatest things that you and I could do is dedicate our lives afresh to God. I want you to cast your eye to verse 2. Because the Lord continues to speak to Joshua. And he says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, there's a timing here. And I want to tell you, my dear people, this morning, that God's timing is always the right time. For 40 years they had weaved through the wilderness. For 40 years they knew the manna and the quail. They saw the water from the rock. They had the provision of God upon them. They saw the cloud by day and the fire by night. But now, everything was going to change. 
And there's parents here this morning, and I want to say this, this year will change in your life. Now's the time to change. Now's the time to go on with God. Now's the time to get right with God. He says in verse 2, Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. The children of Israel had come to the banks of the Jordan. They had been here before, and they failed. God has a habit of bringing us back to where we feel. God has a habit that when he's dealing with us as people and as his children, he seems to bring us back again and again to the place of past failure. And I don't know what area of failure that you've had in your life. Maybe it's over lust or over temper or over whatever area of your life it may be. And that's an area of failure in your life. But God will bring you back again and again and again to that area of failure. And it's a Jordan that you and I need to cross. And my dear people, I want to tell you this morning, you and I, there's Jordans that we need to cross. There's times whenever in our lives we come to the chilly waters of the Jordan and it's God's time to cross over. Now I want you to give you, me your attention this morning. Because I know that the devil will do everything to try to distract you. I know that he'll do everything to try and get you to forget about the Word of God. But I want to say again, this could be the last January the 1st that you'll ever see. The Lord could call you home tonight. The Lord could call you home at 1 o'clock today. And you'll remember the pleading and the message of God to your heart. And God was pleading with you to cross the Jordan, to go on with God. But you, you really had no desire to do that. He said, now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. You see, sinners can miss salvation. Saints can miss opportunities. And believers, I can tell you, can miss the will of God. And there's many of them. Men and women that God has saved and his son died on the cross of Calvary to save. The Lord Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and there on the cross of Calvary, the blessed Lamb of God finished the work that the Father gave him to do. And there was a moment in your life when you put your trust in him and the burden of your heart was rolled away. And he had something for you to do, some area of ministry to go. And you've squandered your time and you've wasted your life. And you've missed the will of God. Don't do that, my dear people. Don't miss the will of God. Don't do the second best thing in your life. You see, God is never obligated to speak to us again. And as a thing as believers, we need to rediscover that God speaks once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. And God may speak to you about an area of your life. He may speak to you about a, an area of his will. And he's been pleading with you maybe for months and weeks and maybe even years. But you've been resisting and you've been striving. God may never speak to you about that area ever again. God's not obligated to speak to us just whenever we call. And that's why the Bible says to believers, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Have you missed the will of God for your life? One of the greatest fears in my life is that I would miss the will of God. I can tell you there's no greater place to be than in the center of the will of God. But there's many here this morning and you're missing the will of God for your life. You've put things before him. 
And maybe it's the family, maybe it's ambitions, maybe it's some area of pleasure, maybe it's some hobby, and God had so much to do with you. Maybe even in 2022, he could have used you to save souls. Maybe he wanted to use you to bring revival. Maybe he wanted to use you to break through in prayer. But you were so busy. So busy with good things. So busy with the second best. Just like the children of Israel, you've been preoccupied. And you've been going round and round and round. And the word of God to your heart this morning. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. You see that word arise there, it's the word to awaken. It's the word to stir yourself up. It's the word to arouse yourself. And my dear people, that's exactly what we need to do in the first day of another year. We need to shake ourselves up. To think of the people that we pass by in the street. They have a soul that will never cease to be. To think of those family members and those people that we work with. And they've got a soul and they're either going to heaven or they're going to hell. That we would have a vision of a dying world. That we would awaken out of our sleep. My, as multitudes make their way into eternity. Who's going to tell them? Who's going to win the people that you work with? Who's going to win your children and your parents? Who's going to pray for your children? And I encourage you parents this morning to get into the prayer meeting. Get into the prayer meeting this year and cry unto your children, unto God for your children. Get into the prayer meeting and say, Lord, the devil has no right to my children. The devil has no right to my family. He's no right to my neighbors. He's no right to those people that I work with. And cry unto God and go over the Jordan. Don't waste your life. Invest it in eternity. Nezer chapter 10 and verse 2, it says, Arise, for this matter belongeth unto thee. Be of good cheer and do it, for we will be with thee. And I encourage you this morning to go through with God to dedicate your life afresh to him. Because there's not only the timing here, there's the task here. He said in verse 2, Now therefore arise and go over. Go over this Jordan. I can tell you, my dear people, the word that God has put in my heart for 2023. It's a one word. It's a very simple word. It's the word go. Go. You remember whenever Isaiah saw the mighty vision of the Lord, and after he was cleansed and commissioned by God, he said, Here am I, send me. And the word that God gave Isaiah was this, Go. Go to a dying world. Go to your neighbors, go to your family, go to your community. Go and tell them. Go. So often as believers, we labor on the word woe. And we think that God so often is saying woe, and at times he is. But more often than that, he says go. Go forward. Go through. Go on. Go over. And my dear people, I tell you this morning, this would be a solemn message if you knew that this was the last time God was talking to you. God doesn't have an obligation to speak to you ever again. Now just hold on this morning. God sent every one of us to go over this Jordan, a new direction in life, to claim new ground for God. They had never been over the Jordan before. 
And the prayer of our heart ought to be, Lord, bring me into a new place with yourself. Lord, I want to claim new ground for God. So easy it is to lose ground. I know all about it. And even over Christmas and over this new year, we can lose ground with God. We can be taken up with all of the festivities. And we can lose ground with God in our prayer. We can lose ground with God in communion. But God wanted the children of Israel to go over the Jordan and get into a new territory for him. Go into a new place in prayer. Go into a new place in intimacy. Go into a new place in service. The word that God gave me whenever I left my work was found in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 4. And it says there, there's no need to turn to it. It says, for ye have not passed this way hitherto He wants to bring you and I by a new way. He wants to bring us into a new place with himself where we claim new ground with God. And I trust that's your desire this morning. Not just to be a stagnant believer and just, as it were, willing away our time until we get to heaven. My dear people, that the lamp of our life would be burnt out for him. To give him our lock, stock and barrel. Now, quickly and as a close, there's not only the timing here and there's not only the task here, there's the tense here. It says, therefore, arise and go over this this Jordan. The Jordan was the obstacle to blessing and the children of Israel knew it. They didn't need God to tell them that that was the biggest barrier in their life. At this season in the year, it went to over a mile wide whenever it flooded the Jordan Valley. It was the obstacle and the one thing that hindered them from possessing their possessions. And as they came to the chilly waters of the Jordan, they knew that God told them to cross over it. They knew that they needed to get over the Jordan in order to enter into blessing. And I want to ask you a question this morning from the heart of God. What's your Jordan? Maybe you've been there before like the children of Israel and God has brought you back to the Jordan. You never faced it before. You ran away. Like the children of Israel, 40 years before, they, they turned back. They never crossed over. And this morning on the first day of a new year, on the 1st of January 2023, God wants to bring us to our Jordan. And he says, now therefore arise and go over. Go over this Jordan. What's the biggest obstacle in your life to go through with God? If I was to give you a pen and a piece of paper and to write down the things in your life that really hinder you from going on with God, what would they be? I'm sure there would be a variety of answers. And your Jordan this morning could be the Jordan of consecration. And God has been speaking to you in recent months about giving your life to God. And just like the children of Israel, you're a little bit uncertain and you're fearful. And you say, Lord, I would love to give my life to you. I'd love to surrender. I would love to consecrate myself afresh to you. But Lord, it's a Jordan that I can't pass over. And so it is, you just come to the meetings and you sing the hymns and you go in and you go out, but there's no real progress with God. It's a Jordan that you need to cross. And then, of course, there's a Jordan of restitution. 
Maybe errors in our life that we need to get right with other people and apologies that we need to make and bills that we need to pay and there's people that we would need to go and see. And we look at the Jordan and we say, oh, it's an obstacle to blessing. I know it is. I know I need to get over the Jordan, but we never do it. We stay in Kiddish Barnea, the place of barrenness and death and deception. Arise and go over this Jordan. Could be the Jordan of unforgiveness. And in the past year, you've been hurt and you've been wounded. And you carry the scars even in your heart this morning. And there's those things that you nurture deep down in your being. And it's just like the Jordan. It's always there, but you never face it. You need to cross the Jordan now. It could be the Jordan of secret sin, whether it's adultery, whether it's pornography, whether it's drink, whether it's lies. And that Jordan's in your heart and you want to go on with God. But the Jordan, it's got the banks there, the cool rivers of the waters are there. And you know that you need to cross it, but you haven't done it yet. And you know the moment that you do, you'll enter the land that flows with milk and honey. Maybe your Jordan is obeying the word of God, but you haven't done it yet. Some area of your life that God has been ministering to you through the word of God and it's a Jordan in your life and you say, Lord, I know I need to do that, but I don't want to do it. And it's a barrier, it's an obstacle in your heart. My dear people, let me tell you this. You will never go on with God until you cross that Jordan. God will allow you to turn back. He'll allow you to go back into the wilderness. He'll allow you to wander for many, many years. But this morning he wants you to cross over the Jordan. You know, there's a big Jordan in the life of many believers. And it's called the Jordan of commitment to the local church. We call it here, and it's in the Constitution, is the Jordan of membership. People don't really have any bother joining Tesco's club card. They don't have any bother joining secret societies. They don't have any bother joining the golf club. They don't have any bother joining tractor clubs or car clubs. But whenever it comes to commitment to the local church... It's a Jordan they won't cross. Well, this is a word to your heart this morning. Arise and go over this Jordan. But Stephen, there's things that I need to do in order to to come into the local assembly. My dear people, don't put any organization before the church of Jesus Christ. And that's a Jordan that you'll have to cross. It's a Jordan that you'll have to come to. And I know there's decisions that need to be made, but rather make them now than stand before the Lord Jesus on Judgment Day and say, I wish I had given him more. Arise and go over this Jordan. And he said in verse 5, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee. And four times in this chapter, I haven't got time to go through it this morning, but he said, be of good courage. And you'll need courage to go over the Jordan. I know it's not easy to obey at times. I know that. But I can tell you when you obey him, he'll always bless you. Whenever you trust him, whenever you obey God, in whatever area it is, whenever you step over the Jordan, I want to tell you the blessing of God is pressed down, shaken together and running over. He blesses his people. Now there's just two things that they needed. And I want you to imagine it in in your mind this morning. million and a half people standing at the banks of the Jordan, an obstacle to blessing. And all they needed was this. They needed to have a new obedience to God. 
They needed to just go through with God and obey the word of God. And the Lord told them to observe all that is written in the law. Do every one of them. My dear people, that's it. And if you want blessing in your life and then you want blessing in your family, don't just pick and choose what you want to do out of the word of God. Do it all. They needed to obey him. And they needed to love him. Whenever the children of Israel came to the waters of the Jordan, the first people to put their foot in the water was the priest. And they came and they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, a picture of the Lord Jesus. And whenever the Ark of the Covenant went before them, the waters of the Jordan opened up and God made a way for them to pass over. All they had to do was trust and obey. And they followed the Ark of the Covenant and they came into the blessing of the Promised Land. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Everywhere, anywhere, I will follow, follow on. They had a new beginning. They entered into new blessing. They had new joy in their heart. They had a new revelation from God. And old things passed away and all things became new. Whenever the children of Israel arose and went over the Jordan, they had new victories in their life. They had new intimacy with God. They knew of joy in their heart that they had never had before. And I say to many of us here this morning, you've come to a Jordan in your life and you need to cross it. And maybe there's things in your life that you've done wrong and you've, you've never confessed them to anybody. You need to do it. You need to bring it out into the open. And just say, Lord, I want to live this year as if it's my last year and it may be your last year. It may be your last month. You could be the first person that we bring into this church in a casket this year. And we'll sing, abide with me, fast falls, even tide. And we'll, we'll take you to the cemetery and we'll say some nice things about you. We'll tell the people when you were born and who you married and the children that you had and the job that you had. But I wonder after all is said and done, I wonder will it be a saved soul and a wasted life? Don't waste your life, people. Now, therefore, arise and go over. Go over this Jordan. Let us pray. Father, we just bow before thee this morning. Father, we just pray that you will take your word and burn it into every one of our hearts. When we've been reminded day after day in recent weeks of the brevity of life and the certainty of death, and whatever Jordan is in our life and whatever obstacle to blessing there may be, we pray this morning that you would help every one of us, Lord, to go on with thee, that we would cross over into blessing and into victory, that we, Lord, would rededicate our lives to thee, that we would follow thee everywhere, anywhere. I will follow on. We pray this morning, Lord, for parents in this meeting that have decisions to make. We thank, Lord, of young people here this morning as they start another year. We pray that you will guide and direct and go before. And we pray, Lord, that everything that will be done in all of our lives will bring glory and honor to thy name. And Father, we think of this poem of C.T. Studd, and it is burned in our own hearts. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say thy will be done, 
When at last I hear the call, I know I'll say twas worth it all. Only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We pray that thou part us now with thy fear and with thy blessing. We ask it in the Saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen. I'm not going to sing any more this morning. I know you're tired and I know you've been patient. But I want you to think of the word of God to your heart. And every mother and father here this morning, don't waste your life. Don't waste it. Arise and go over this Jordan. Thank you.